Yup, and here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Embracing the Wild. I'm Abby Pagood. And my name is Audra Watley. <laughs> oh, are we going country today? <laughs> my name. My name is. My name is. What the, what the, my what? name is. So, I had an incident this morning that was kind of cute. So, I was working on a client and, you know, my son decided to make himself his own toast for the first time, which was very cute because I walked, I like peered around the kitchen and see that he's sitting on a stool and trying to butter his bread and making his <laughs> his toast. And it was super cute because like he hasn't done it before. So of course we had to have the very quick lesson of making sure, hey, don't stick anything metal inside of the, <laughs> the toaster because you could die. Like, you know, like, it, which is like, which then I was like kind of trying to, be soft on the delivery, but also, yeah. like, it's really important. And the part that bothers me about it is because you're sitting there with a kid's doing something new for the first time that they've never done on their own by themselves. That's already scary and exciting and new and, like, yeah, all of it in the first and place. And you're like, don't stick a fork in there, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, and, and like, so, and the other thing too is like, so he's sitting there and he's, he's doing his toast and I asked him, you know, like, what do you think about, you know, like, how did you feel? What did you think about it? He goes, well, I think I did really good. I was okay with it until it popped up and scared me. And then, and then I said, yeah, it's like a jack in the box. And, and I was like, it's just yeah. like a jack in the box. And then he's just like, yeah, I don't didn't like that or whatever. Yeah. And then I went back up, went back up to finish on my client. And the best part was, I then re, I then relate to that person. Okay. Shit, I just aged myself. No kid's gonna know what a jack in the box <laughs> is. That's what, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, do they even know what a jack in the box is? No, it's like a drive-through restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they have any idea of. They don't know. Yeah. And like how many, and I'm starting to realize there's certain, so then immediately I was like, okay, now I actually want to go and buy all the Jack in the Boxes that I can find so that I can just give them to random children so I can keep the fear alive. Right. Why would you not do this? Yeah. That was crazy. So that was my story for the day. Awesome. I know. I thought it was pretty good. But it's been an intense week. Have you been having a... (laughs) I think that you would just be more entertained by sitting here playing with a jack-in-the-box. You know what? I bet you somebody could probably make an entire TikTok and every day they... It's... They're jack in the box. Just and watching people's faces when they, when they did pop up. Yes. I bet you would go viral and everybody would just be like, this is the best thing ever. It could be the same person every day. And everyone's like, I just have to see when it happens and what the reaction is. And it, Yeah. It's kind of like the one where the people are sitting there with their dogs and, and then they bark at their dog and their dog's like, what just happened? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Or the ones where they bark at them and then the dog goes back and goes... Like, 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 it starts playing it with yeah. them. And then, the, and then the owner runs because they're like, crap, like, my bad. It's like there was a whole series of people doing that with their dogs, and one of them was a little chihuahua, and the guy barked at him, and he was like, ah, ah. <laughs> And I was like, 
you go get them, Tiger. The, ch- the chihuahua was <laughs> all like, was all like, revved up. You don't talk to me that way. That's crazy. <laughs> well, to add on to our, um, to add on to this, I wanted to show you this video that I, that I saved that I thought was like kind of hilarious. And well, one of them I want to show you after because there's yeah. more video Uh-oh. aspect to it. But this one's of a comedian, and I thought that was just really funny. And you are Generation X. I've never even really heard any of those terms growing up. And I, so I, now you hear them all the time. So I looked it up to try to see. I was like, what am I? And I'm technically nothing. I'm, a, I'm on a cusp. I'm a generation gap. And what we are called, uh, Xennials, are we called the Oregon Trail Generation. Are we called? My favorite name is the lucky ones, <laughs> and it, it's true. We're very lucky. We actually grew up in two different worlds. When I was a kid, I grew up like it was the fifties. Like you would go outside, and your parents just didn't know where you were. We went to school and played Oregon Trail on a computer at school. No one had a computer at home. It's like, what are you, a zillionaire? Like I mean, you could. <laughs> but then in high school, I had AOL. You know, we had a computer at home. Then I got a beeper, and then I got a cell phone. I didn't have social media until I was 26 with MySpace, you know? I mean, social media, like, whatever I did in high school is a rumor. It can't ruin my life. <laughs> so if you're around my age, you might realize, like, you just end up always kind of being in the middle. Like, I understand when a Gen Xer says something, you're like, I get it. A millennial says something, you're like, oh, I get it. You always just feel in the middle. And these groups all hate each other. And the most I've ever felt where I was in the middle was just this one hotel that I stayed at. So a lot of hotels now, they have Chromecast, and you can watch, like, Netflix in your hotel room. So I'm watching, I get in my room, and I turn it on, and my Chromecast is not working. So I call down to the front desk, and the oldest voice I ever heard answered the phone. This guy was a Silver War survivor. I mean, he he was the age where you just go, thank you for your service. And it's like, was in the Army, you're like, probably, man. I mean, there, there's an age where, like, they all had to go at that age, so just saying. Uh, so I tell him, I go, hey, my Chromecast is not working. And I could have just made up a word. I mean, he's never heard of that. I could have said, my beep bop broke. I mean, <laughs> he asked if I was staying at that hotel. That's how conf- he goes, are you staying here? I was like, do you think I've called a front desk from a different hotel? <laughs> he goes, look, I don't know what this is, but there's a younger guy here. I'm going to send him up. He'll be able to help you. And I was like, great. So that guy comes up and he knocks on my door. I open it. He's my dad's age. And I mean, right when I see him, you're like, all right, dude, we don't have to do this. You know, I, I mean, I know you've heard of it, but you're not, if I can't fix it, you're not going to be able to fix it. But he's the generation that still wants to give it a try. So <laughs> I got to let him in. So he comes in, comes to my room, sits on my bed, a little too far back, I thought. Uh, I just remember like the back of his calves were touching the bed. And I was like, are your feet dangling? How far back are you going to go? Uh, cold you want some covers man <laughs> he gets the remote and just starts pressing all the buttons and i said i don't know if that's going to do it and he goes let's just keep trying it though i go all right uh, uh, i'm gonna turn the shower on open a window let's try everything you know let's just see maybe it turns on who knows maybe it's all connected <laughs> so we can't get it and he goes all right he goes there's a younger guy He's about to come to work. And at this point, I'm like, I'm the younger guy, man. I was like, don't. It's all right, dude. I don't I don't need it. And he goes, no, no, no. It's a millennial. And I was like, all right. Now we're getting somewhere, you know? <laughs> this is what the millennial does. He was born with technology. He's, he's going to know how to fix this. I was excited. I was like, great. He goes, he, he comes to work in an hour. I go, wonderful. And let me tell you, you know how quick that millennial fixed it? Well, I'll never know because he just didn't come to work that night. So... <laughs> 
and I found out because the old guy called me because he was supposed to fill in for him. He was furious, dude. <laughs> he hates that millennial. He goes, he never comes to work. He doesn't take it serious. He's got a peanut allergy. And I was like, all right. Well, I ended up fixing it myself because it was just unplugged. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of your generation. Yeah, you're it was totally. You're, you're the in between. He was like, as soon as he said <laughs> Oregon Trail, I was like, yes. Yeah, like, I was like, Oregon Trail. I, oh my I god! I don't think I ever played that. You had to get all the way across the whole Oregon Trail, like from like you had to pack up. You had your family. You yeah. lost a sister. You might have died. Like, there's all these different things. I like, was gonna say, you I got bit by a snake. I started out with Frogger. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my grandma playing Frogger. <laughs> but like, um, that was a trip. <laughs> but you do agree, though. Like there was the it was the generation of here. It's the fifties. You could go and be gone. Yeah. And yeah. like you know, you could like you, you had the best of both. Yes. And, you know, for me, I you know, I just tell the dog to go home, and then I'd follow the dog home because I didn't know where I was. <laughs> right. But you know, we had dogs that would. The only, <laughs> the only thing you had to do was just get home before dinner. Your ass was grass. Okay. Call it a day. Like that, I mean, that was, that was how it is. It's the only time I actually had freedom in my childhood. Like right? at all. Like so, <laughs> like, right. like, have you children? Riding your, you riding your bike around the neighborhood. Nobody knew where you were. Yeah, it's exactly. It was my only sense of freedom. It was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I just like, I saw it. I was like laughing so hard and then. I was like, and then my first and my second thought was, do you know what Oregon Trail is? Like, I was like, I need to ask you, do you, have you played Oregon Trail? I have never played Oregon Trail. Oh my gosh. That's we had, we had them all on the computer. So like, you know, like, you know, computer time was once a week and you would, a part of the class rotation in elementary school, you would go into the computer room and then you would have, like, you got to play Oregon Trail and yeah. you're like, and it was like. Our version of a video game, like before, you know. So, so you have to understand, like when I was in high school, we didn't have computers. We learned to type on a typewriter, so you didn't have correct. You couldn't. There was no autocorrect. You couldn't back up and correct what you, you know, Mm-mm. switch letters on or whatever. Um, no, you had to type it the way that you saw it. Um, on a typewriter, which I, you know, I say that now and I was like, I feel really, really old. <laughs> I, I had moments where I realized I mishit a letter on the typewriter mm-hmm. and then I would sit there staring at the word to try and figure out how many other words could I come up with without having to get the white out and then go back. <laughs> because I hated going back. Yeah. And then if I hit the wrong finger, I'd be like. Ooh, okay, I-M-E. What word can I use that has I-M-E? Because I'm supposed <laughs> to put I-M-P, but whoops, like, you know, like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, so I was like, hmm, which, instead of impressions, immersion of thoughts. Like, like, so I was like, Still miss the letter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, in my head, I don't feel older than 25, but at the same time, it's like I look at the 25-year-olds and I am really, really clear that I am nowhere near 25. And not only am I nowhere near 25, it's like the technology that 25-year-olds grew up with 
Like, I, I can't even imagine, like, being in a world where that's just, I mean, they're norm and they didn't know anything before it. Um, you know, it, it's just interesting because it's like we, we grew up with, we still had some eight-track tapes. And then we had records. And then we had, you know, the tape tapes the, mm -hmm. and, and with VHS. And, and, I remember and, having to rewind and, the tape with your with finger. A <laughs> or a I used my finger. Because yeah, the pencil kept tape. slipping for me. Uh, and I never... Was your pencil rounded I, off or was it one of those wood ones that actually had was, like eight sides? It was, the, it was the wood one. It was the wood one and then it had, you know, with the little racer like tip or whatever. Or and I would... Sides. Yeah. I don't even know. But that's... Six sides. Not eight. I don't remember. I never kept track of how many sides a pencil had. But I'm glad you're from the generation that knows. Well... And does. But here's the thing. My mom was a geometry teacher. Oh, <laughs> so everything know. was about shapes. Yeah, everything we you know it was all about math and shapes and doing all the things, doing it. Yes, very logical. Interesting. I was grading geometry papers when I was in middle school. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. It's funny. Did you have the answers, or did you have to know them answers first no, before I doing mean, so? She gave me the she gave me the answer sheet, you know, and, and it's like I would just mark correct or not correct. But I mean, it was mostly the the. You know, she had a couple of multiple choice tests a year, and a few of them had like single, okay, single answers, not like they had to work through a problem or something like that. I mean, it's like it was just like, is it this answer or that answer? And those are the ones that I would grade for her, or at least help her with. That's so. funny because I remember my mom um, temporarily taught at a college um, when I was oh maybe somewhere between. Eighth in sophomore year of high school or something. I could have the years kind of wrong on that, mm -hmm. but I don't exactly know um, what it was. But I do. I do remember she would have a stack of papers that she would be grading from like a test, like a test that she had, but that would be essay writing because they needed to really put into like methodology and here's right. this conversation and how do I actually use the information and actually put it to my, to put it to use. And so when I would read a lot, sometimes I would be curious as to what the answers or what the people would write. And what I found was nobody knew how to write. Like here are these college students. And then I would look at the grades that my mom would be getting. And I would be like, that is unacceptable. Like, yeah. I like, how do you, how do you have so many? I was like, and he, she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, you gave this person an A, I would have given them a C. You know, like, because the, their deliverance was not good, but she was yeah. grading them based off of how well they could apply, right. not their writing skills. And I was looking at their writing skills as, like, you didn't even edit anything. Yeah. Like, and it just, like, there was no punctu the punctuation, no punctuation was bad. Yeah. And I was, and then I was astonished of, holy crap, how could these college students be so bad yeah. when I'm, like, in eighth grade? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't even have answers. I, I went back and substitute taught for a very short period of time um, before I went into grad school. And <laughs> I remember like reviewing this class for the quiz and then giving them the quiz while the answers were still on the board. And there were still people that made zeros because they weren't prepared for a quiz. Can you imagine making a zero on a quiz that the answers were on the board in front of you? 
No, I, there were still kids that did that. And they in did. my class. Yeah. I know. But and I think I, that was just because I, they were I was listening just to like, the You know, and there's always that one girl in class that was like, um, um, Miss Watley, the, the answers are on the... And sh- 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 I know. Shh. Sh- <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to see who was paying attention. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't count that quiz, but I just wanted to see who's paying attention. We just went over it. The answers are on the board. All you have to do is copy off the board. <laughs> And there were some of them that still made zeros. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And sad. And sad. And so I, like how, I, how many things in life do we completely and totally miss just because we're not paying attention? <laughs> I, I think that's true no matter how smart you are. Or how not smart. Or how educated. Or how not, how not educated. How much do you miss because you're just flat out not paying attention? So two things there. <laughs> One to the child that I always saw the board, saw the answers, and then I felt bad for cheating. <laughs> uh-huh. Because I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. So then I would keep my head down and not look at the answers. So I still did the problem and the work. <laughs> and then I would look up at the board to see if I got it right. <laughs> and then sometimes I would be like, oh crap, that's not the right answer. How did I not do that? And then I'd go and work it over again. Yeah. And then like I'd have a couple, and then at some I'd get, like I'd finish it, and I'd be like, okay, got that one, no problem, whatever. But the, the ones that I couldn't get, I'd be like, oh, fuck it. Like, like, this is, like, whatever, just, I don't care. I don't, like, I don't know. I don't want to think, keep thinking about it. But at the same time, I was the one that, here's the answers there, but I cannot like cheat because it was wrong like so they got me on more the moral grounding now (laughs) as for number two i love that you said like how much of us aren't paying attention right so cool thing happened yesterday kai started his soccer practices again if you're hearing background noises this is the child that has been told to try and keep it down and clearly he's seven so (laughs) and he's playing in the dog toys yes because he loves them and it makes him happy. But anyway, he's gonna do a, he's gonna do a good job trying to keep it down and not keep going in and out of the door, right, buddy? Yeah, he'll try. So at any rate, it was very funny that his soccer season has started again. So he's starting to have practice. And what I really, really loved was Rudy has now decided to take Thursdays off so that he, that that's their thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, they'll they'll pack up, they'll have their bro time, they'll go to practice together, etc. Even more so was that yesterday, before they were about to go to practice, my husband actually looks over at his dog, who we joke that Presley is, like, his emotional support animal. Yeah. And, yeah, um, totally. because he just is, he just grounds everyone in the house. Like, yeah. he just does. He's all of our emotional support animal. Like, because yeah. he just grounds and keeps us all solid. And so he looked at me and goes, do you want to come to practice with us? And he, like, and that was, like, all of a sudden his idea. And then so they packed up and they brought Presley with. They got him all, like, got his little harness on, got his leash, got all the things going. And so they go over. And then my husband, at the end of the day, after dinner, I'm like, honey, how did it go with Presley at soccer? Like, he'd been dying to know. Like, because he normally would have some kind of story or feedback. Because that park is so busy with tons of people. And I kind of wanted to hear how his reaction was. And he said, he's like, well, we're going around and he's just looking at all the things and like there's tons of dogs, tons of people and da-da-da. And he's like, you know, 
And then this one guy comes over to pet him, like to say hi to him and pet him and have conversation. And he goes over and asks if he can like pet the dog. And of course, I'm like, oh, of course, no, no problem. Didn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden, Presley starts going, <laughs> like, at, towards the guy. And so then Rudy's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, this never happens. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm so sorry. And so then, you know, the guy moves on or whatever. And he's like, you okay, boy? Like, what's going on? So then he's wondering, okay, have we not been socializing him and walking him? Like, is he having that reaction? Next thing you know, another person comes over and asks if he can pet the dog. And he's like, yeah, but just put your hand out first so he can smell you, like, smell you first or whatever. Presley smells the hand, leans into the person, allows them to just smother him with love and affection. Next thing you know, like a group of lacrosse girls all come over and they like do the same thing. Like lean into him. He leans into him. He like gets smothered with all of his attention. And then the next thing you know, the funniest part is these girls, these teenage girls, they're so obsessed with how soft his fur is. They start picking his fur up because he's a... Like, stretchy dog, let's just say. <laughs> he has extra skin. He's got extra skin. So they start picking up his fur and start rubbing it on their faces because he's so soft. <laughs> he's one of those Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but, so, but, like, it was interesting because he actually was very, like, respond. Like, so he would have certain people that he had no problem playing and get encountering with. And then the next thing you know, he had other dogs that he, like, it was dogs or people that he was, like, absolutely no. Like, there is yeah. not going to happen. And so then Rudy's like, it was the most interesting thing. And I looked at him and I go, huh, do you think that maybe because he's the first dog that doesn't seem to have any issues and he's such a happy dog that and he's been able to be raised the way that he has that, I don't know, do you think maybe he's picking up on other people's energies and so therefore he's protecting from off like people that are not in balance or their vibration is not in alignment and i said just like miko remember miko honey and and i get i was like and he goes huh that actually might be true like it's interesting you said that i was like and honestly honey when you really come down to it press is your he's like your he's your dog he's your emotional support dog so his dog his job is to ground you and be there for you and so why wouldn't he protect you from other people that do not have the right aligned vibration. Yep, exactly. And and not only that, I mean, it's like animals are so aware and in tune. And if, you know, it's like if you're walking a dog and you're not connected with them, then they're going to try and protect you even more than, <clears throat> than if you are connected with them and you're, you know, paying attention and you have that connection with your dog when you're walking them then if somebody comes into your space and they're like oh they're paying attention they're aware where if you're not paying attention they're going to be like hey 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 somebody's coming hey <laughs> yeah so well, that's what it, I... it's part of it's the connection and part of it is like uh-uh vibrations off nope 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 not having any of that so yeah yeah i like and then he and then rudy actually remembered this one kid specifically he said, you know, he was a older, like, older teenage kid, but um, still still young. Like, he probably was thinking, like, maybe 13, 14 yeah. years old, a little bit chubbier set, and, like, you know, like, came over. You know, he said he was kind of, like, a social, like socially awkward, but he came over, and he immediately was, like, dog, he, he was, like, that kid was so smart and totally understood 
like dog etiquette and vibration and embrace and mm-hmm. all of it. And he just lo- he's like, I love that kid. That kid knew how to yeah. work with with dogs. Yeah, you know, like he was a smart kid. And so I thought it was really cute because it was just that experience of I love that. Hey, all the boys saddle up. And leave the girls at home and go and do their bro thing yeah. at, like, soccer practice. And, like, even the dogs go, you know, yeah. our only boy dog that we have is part of the bros. fantastic for Presley. Right? Like, yeah. And he's got the personality where it's like, <laughs> do-do-do about the boys, do-do-do-do-do. You know, so he, you know, you can take him places like that and he's not going to charge at the ball or try and run on the field. Or... Do you want to hear the best part <laughs> of the story? Rudy proceeds to tell me that before practice, they had gotten there early, so they were waiting for the team to show up. So they, mm-hmm. you know, decided to kick the soccer ball around. Mm-hmm. Well, so they tied, you know, Presley up to the goalpost and, like, next to Kai. And so the two of them are kicking the ball back and forth. And they ended up kicking the ball, and it went directly towards Presley to just – Smacked him in the head. <laughs> and then Poor I was baby. like, and then I was like, did he like react to it? Did he was he hurt? He's like, no. He just in like he goes, nice block, Presley. And then like, and then Kai's like, nice block, Presley. Like he blocked the ball. Like so, so it was so funny because he, <laughs> and then and then instead of being fearful, he yes, he blocked it. And like so, it was it was so funny because he's he didn't get flinched or scared. He just went. <laughs> I'm a wall. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah. yeah, I remember when Miko was really small. I had a um, it's like one of the kitty bounce balls that's you know about the size of a soccer ball, but a little bit smaller or whatever. And she would push it around and push it around, but she hasn't done that in a really long time. So. I have seen little dogs play play soccer though, like where they push the ball around. But that's not Presley's personality. <laughs> He's like, I'm just gonna stand here in the goal <laughs> and be Let a, it bounce off of me. A slumpy mess. <laughs> oh, did you need something? Yeah. I think I just saw a bird. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh. Okay. <laughs> or hit the ball and go dunk dunk past the goal in and go. Oh, look at that. <laughs> wow. That just went right past me. <laughs> With his sagging face. His saggy face. His yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's so sweet. He is. He's such but, a sweet boy. But, yeah. So, I had a thought and it went away. You had a thought? What was your thought about? Hmm. I like thoughts and thinking. I, re- I was going back to like mm, paying attention and, and what's in front of you. Um, and how our perceptions, it's like when we're not looking for or paying attention to, like what's right in front of us as far as our stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I was going back on, but then I went, I don't remember what I was going to say about it now. Well, so. see, and that's why, and I brought it Presley because of that exact reason, because, you know, like sometimes when we are focusing our attention on one thing, mm-hmm. we, it, it can distract <laughs> us. Woo! Okay. Speaking of dogs, but, there you go. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it can distract us from another thing, yeah. right? Like, so, for instance, as Miko the dog is going out to chase the bunny or bark at whatever it is she may be barking at. But it's interesting to, like, you know, there's there's moments where we have 
are we get fixated on something we get in the act of doing it and so then sometimes we're not even paying attention to like what's happening to our body or happening to our mind or even happening to our soul in the sense in that action we're so focused on what needs to be done what's getting done or where you need to be it's no different than i remember this distinct time where my husband and i were actually coaching our oldest basketball um team um when we lived in arizona and we go through the practices, which it was a lot of fun because the boys never had a girl coach before. It was always dads. And so here, my husband decided to be like the assistant coach where I ended up being the main coach, which was hilarious because then when you had showed up to practice and here's all these little boys that are, you know, no more than like eight, nine years old and they're all lining up to play. And the next thing you notice is, you know, they all are looking and lining up to Rudy. And then he's standing on one side and I'm standing on the other side. And they're all facing him with their backs towards me. But then as soon as he start, like, he looks at them and he goes, I don't know what he, like, stands with his arms all crossed over. And he goes, I don't know what you are all looking at. Your coach is over there. And then they all looked at me and they're, like, looking around me. Like, <laughs> don't know what's going on. And then he's just like, when she speaks, you listen. Like, and then they just turned around and they're like, all kind of looked at each other like, what? We're being coached by a woman? Like, what's happening? <laughs> and so then I would tell them what to do. And then they'd all turn around and look at me like, well, go. Like, you know, like she said, move, move. Like, like, and then, so he ended up being like my barking dog, you know, when they were doing stuff. Like, and so I would say something and then he'd be like, well, do it. Like, and then yeah. they'd be like, oh crap. Like, and then th they started to learn very quickly, like who was doing things. Well, and the, on the very, the game to the championship game, my husband and I are coaching. It was like an intense game. It was down like point by point by point. Like it was, it was all the feels, all the emotions, all the strategic moves, making sure you get the right players, the, like all the things. And so we were totally in the grid of it. We're sitting there like last two minutes, focusing on all, like focus on every single detail. Hey, we got to do this, 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 this. Hey, time out. Da, da, da. Here's come over here. Meeting. Here's our play. Da, 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 da. And so we go through this whole ordeal to the point where it literally comes down to like the last 30 seconds of the game. And so we're so, my husband and I are sitting there so intent and there's nothing you do as a coach. You just have to let the players do the thing. And then you just have to wait for the outcome. You know, like you can only guide so much. Like the ex, the action and the execution of it has to is on on, on the boys. And so so funny because we're sitting there, and it literally came down to the last shot on the last like three seconds to the point where my husband and I were so enthralled, and then the shot went in, and so then we were going into the playoff game, and my husband and I literally jumped up, but ran into each other. <laughs> Like, to the point where I think I might have gotten a partial concussion. Like, that's how we completely jumped up. It's so much excitement, but we collided into it. Like, I'm pretty sure my head, like, and my shoulder went into his armpit. Like, and because he, like, he was jumping up, and then, like, I think he might have elbowed me on the way down. And, like, we just went boom. Like, and it was so fun. And then we both stopped, and we kind of looked at each other, like, Ow. And they're like, that was awesome. Like, we kept going. And so I thought, like, it just gave me the perfect, like, visual of sometimes when you're so focused and fixated, you can't see the other stuff that's going around. Or you don't even realize what you're putting yourself through physically, emotionally, because you're in your little cocoon bubble. Right. And, you know, and I think what, you know, so, so many times, too, it's like people will tell you, 
that they perceive you a certain way or that they see you a certain way. And it's like you'll get that feedback from multiple people because they're seeing you, but you don't relate with that. It's mm-hmm. like you don't see that about yourself because you're so mm, focused on how you think of yourself, if that makes sense. And so it's like listening to that feedback from other places to be like, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe they're seeing something I'm not. Or what is it that they're seeing that's in my blind spot? Right? It's like, what is it that's showing up that's coming in from behind that I'm not aware of? But at the same time, it's like I have multiple people that are, you know, telling me that same thing. Hmm. And, you know, for me, it's kind of like, I, you know, we all have our perception of ourselves. you know, like down to earth or whatever you, however you think of yourself. Right. But then when you ask other people, and I, I, I totally recommend doing this as an exercise, right? Ask the five people that you're closest to how they see you. Right. You know, what, what are their, what are the characteristics that they see in you? Because half the time, what they're going to say is not necessarily how you see yourself. And it's like, it may like really bring up an emotional piece for you. But then at the same time, you may be like, I think of myself as feisty, not as sweet, but everybody says I'm sweet, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, right? You right. know, it's like, so, you know, sometimes it's like the way that the world perceives us is not, one. Well, it's none of it's who we are because we all are so multifaceted and multidimensional and all of the stuff that the person in front of you isn't always going to be that same person with everyone. They're going to have different characteristics depending on who's in front of them. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's like, it's just interesting. Um, to see, like, you know, how do I, not just how I come across, but how am I perceived? Which I find really interesting because, like, you know, while part of you is saying that, I'm like, I hate you a little bit because there might be something that I have to look deeper into with how my, like, aunts and uncles see me or how they perceive me um, because I don't, I'm not received well with them. And, and the, but the interesting thing is, is like when I, ask around like the people that are closest to me the the people I work with like even you know my family members I'll even like what happened here like why why did this am I missing something and I've even asked numerous times like am I missing something can somebody please tell me like what is it about me that's getting the bad rap or what is it about me that like all of a sudden they can only hear me in a particular tone which is so far from my everyday existence and so far from how I am on a day-by-day basis. And so, like, especially when a majority of the people that I interact with, they always describe me as, because I have asked, they've always, the number one way that people describe me is genuine, right off, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Second, it's always giving, giving more of myself, Um, you know, always giving more of myself, I think a lot of people also see that I don't do uh, do as much for me because I'm always so busy doing so much for other people, which is very true. And I've had to monitor and adjust that in my life just from that kind of feedback. But I find it interesting that, like, you know, there's a this strange dynamic where, you know, I'm I'm unaware of some of the viewpoints with some of my aunts and uncles. Is it a perception that is from in my youth of possibly how I might have used to be in my childhood to where that's the lens that they're seeing through? Or is it some of, it could be also a combination of things that they have also been through in their life to, um, 
to where, you know, like encounters or engagements or things that have happened in previous. So then, you know, like sometimes if an event happens or, or conversation that is, that transpires can influence how you address things going forward. Mm -hmm. And so like, because one of the things I definitely am not, I'm not, I'm usually a conflict diffuser. I am usually the one that gives the peacemaker. In the I am middle. The, <laughs> right. the middle ground. I am the middle ground. I'm the, I always say, I, I regularly have one client in particular saying that one of my unique features is that I always see the light in any darkness. Mm-hmm. I always see the silver lining. I'm always very optimistic. I'm always seeing the benefit of the doubt. I'm always creating a solution to get somebody. Like if someone could be going through the grossest time in their life and I'm looking at it as this is a huge opportunity for growth, mm-hmm. right? So then on the other end, how can one small line be taken to a level of hostility or aggression or, you know, like why is there that one text message line, a text message line. And then that's how they're, they're reading it in the voice they are hearing. They perceive me to be at that is so far and disconnected to who I am. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is astonishing because it makes me plead. What, what am I missing? Like I'm the person that evolves and works on myself all the time so I can be the best version for myself and my children, despite having to tell him to stop doing stuff in the background from time to time and be like, like, (laughs) but I do the, like I evolve the best that I can so that I can be the best version of myself, be the best mother, best wife, best anything I can possibly be and get to my truest purpose and truest self. And when I need to, um, reflect it's like how I'm creating I'm identifying where I've holding boundaries and space for myself because I realize that there's some actions and behaviors just not of any fault of any member in my family whatsoever like it's not it has like people are human they have ways of doing things they have ways of the way they work I get that you know um I I'm really more trying to be mindful of okay, is there something that I'm, why am I not being received well? Like they might be viewing me in a certain way. Why are they viewing me in that certain way? Is that an old perception that they've had and they're still playing that same story? Are they not factoring in, they don't clearly know me. Yeah. And I'm going to say there's two pieces to that. You know, it's like we all have this like, uh, this kind of like, Family is always the hardest because it's like with family, it's like you kind of be like, well, this family is all spheres. And then you go out in the world and you become a, you know, a donut square or a box <laughs> or a whatever else. I right? became food. You're a, a donut. donut. Okay. <laughs> you become a donut. And then you go back into your family of spheres and they're like, well, obviously you don't fit as a sphere anymore. As a sphere anymore. And so they're trying to, you know, make you fit as a sphere and you don't quite fit as a sphere and they don't understand why you're not a sphere. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, Abby's just not a sphere anymore. So we don't know what to do with her. Right. And I've become problematic. And that becomes problematic. Right. It's, it's a perception thing. And then the other piece I'm going to say about it is that especially with family, it's like, you know, you had experiences, closer experiences or more experiences with them when you were a child Mm. or when you were a young person. And then when you go off in your life, 
it's kind of like their view of you, and I'm not saying your family, but this is just true, and I'm guilty of it too. It's like somebody that you had experiences with at one period in your life. Well, you went on and you evolved and you grew and you changed, but then you get back in the room with that person and they pick up right where they left off. So you're still the person of whoever you left off with, and now you don't match what they're thinking that you were because that's who you used to be. So interesting thing about that is I think I need to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, okay. We have a little one running around. This is distracting. Yeah. So so the first part was, you know, you change from a sphere to a donut I got or a that box part. or whatever. It's I got like that part. That part. It's like, you know, we all we all change and then we go back to an environment and it's kind of like even you recognize you don't fit the same that you did 20 years ago. The other piece of that was that we all have this, and some people are different about it than others, but this way of like, oh, I know, Abby. It's like we did this, 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 and this, but you know, you haven't seen that person in 20 five years, years or yeah. 20 years. And then you go back into the environment and they're picking up right where you left off. Well, you're not the same person that you were right. five years or 20 years ago. Right. So it's it's just a perception of like okay so are they listen are they are they feeling you in for who you were twenty years ago um, or you know it's like are they trying to make you fit back into an environment that you're just not that person anymore? Well, and that's just, and that's one of the things that I've worked really hard on breaking a lot of our um, behavioral patterns within our family that don't really serve um, that they they create the perpetuating cycle of opinions or acting on jump on, on acting on assumptions or acting on opinions or assuming you know how someone is going to react right and i've done a lot of work trying to minimize that as much as possible especially um, in recent years because i've noticed some of those patterns that we've done have actually hindered our growth and expansion within ourselves and so i've i've gotten rid of those those types of things but i've noticed that when i say or speak or text anything it doesn't even matter what it is it doesn't even matter there's a tone to which like there's an assumption that i feel like i'm getting reactions that are based off an assumption of how they're how they think i'm thinking right and i and and that's not the case and so i have and i and i mindfully am very respectful of hey they're they've been i have the same time frame that i haven't spoken to them or reconnected with them they also haven't had the same so they're different than how i know them and vice versa so i always am very much in the um i live in that space of not making assumptions oh okay i remember when they used to be like this and, da, 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 and these things happen you know and then it's like here 10 years later oh that's cool they've kind of worked through those different things they're they're getting to a different level they're getting to a different understanding or awareness or all of these different things so i've i've done that work with myself i also noticed that there are some 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 family members are not or even friends are not going to be able to do the same thing or have the same ability to dig that deep and identify some of those behavioral patterns and then work through them. Um, some people can, but then at the same time, it goes back to how you're being perceived, what's happening with the individuals, um, like what what's, what's transpiring in conversation, what's transpiring in the events that play. And, 
you know, it's also kind of the thing where, you know, my, I always watch my mom and her siblings kind of, you know, they always kind of make puns or jokes or whatever about one uncle in particular, because he's kind of unique and he just does things the way that they, that he does. And, and, and like, they just get used to tolerating it because that's just the way Billy Billy is, whatever. And I, and I kind of, and I look at it as like, that kind of sucks on Billy's end, you know, like to always be like brushed off or, you know, Oh, just Billy's Billy, like da 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 da. But then I also don't see him make an effort to change it. Like it, like he's just kind of accepted and owned it, and he just goes with it. Well, and and sometimes it, it is an exercise, and like you know, a person is who a person is, and mm-hmm. just ex- accepting them as they are, and letting them be as they are, and checking your own reactions to it. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, but then also, it's like here's the reality. Whether it's a podcast, whether it's a text message, whether it's anything, it's amazing that humans can communicate at all whatsoever because they're all made up words and the inflection behind them and the meaning behind them and all of that, it's going to be different. And so it's however you're perceived. Right. And what the person is hearing through their filters. Right. And so sometimes it's like when you're in those deeper conversations, it's being like, okay, you know, what I hear you saying is this, is that true? And, you know, what I hear getting you, confirmation. What I, what I hear you saying is ABC, is that true? And a lot of times what you'll get is, well, yeah, A, but it's really more like DF. And you'll be like, oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, what's DF? Please enlighten me. Yeah, can you say more about DF? Well, blah, 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 blah. And then you, and then you have to sort out like, hmm, I have no experience of DF, and so I don't understand Right. The experience of the person across from me. But instead of that, most of us just go to, well, they just said ABC and I don't like ABC. I definitely don't like BC. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's like we just, I, I, like I said, communication is such a, um, it's a fickle thing. It is because like I said, even the words don't mean the same thing to all people. Right. And well, and that's the thing. And also the approach, like the approach, like how you phrase something or the tone or the inflection of your voice also changes from one, how you're received and picked up. You know, like I'm very direct and straight to the point. Like that's just who I am. One part of it is just because in my childhood, it's just easier to cut through the bullshit and just get straight to the point. Like I like, I don't need any of the semantics. I don't need the sugarcoating. Just give it, give me the answer. I won't need to make an informed decision. It's this or it's that. Like, that's just how I am. Um, I don't, like, to, the other way, like, you know, and that doesn't mean that some people like the delivery and the, they like the presentation. They enjoy the, the ride and the presentation. That's fantastic. That's so good for you. But for me, I'm, like, sitting here, my brain's moving too fast, and I'm just like, no, 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 I just need the answers now. Like, yeah. just give it to me. I need to make just a decision. I know it's it in alignment. Me. And then if I have questions, I'll ask questions. Correct. I don't need an hour and a half or two hours of a lecture to get that, you know, five points that you just made. And I really don't <laughs> like false senses of priming, right? Yeah. False senses of priming irritate the shit out of me. So I'm like, just get to, get, just, just get no, to the we're done. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, someone locked on our door the other day, and, you know, the it's, oh, here's the sales pitch because it's a, you know, a person knocking on the door, giving out a business card or whatever. And I'm just like, what do you, what do you need? Because I got like things to do. 
Like, I'm not trying. I said, I want to hear. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude. I just need to know what's going on. And then they're like, oh, okay. I really, like, appreciate your, your, uh, like, upfront approach. And I was like, oh, no problem. Like, let me know. Like, whatever. And I'll be like, hey, actually, sorry. I got a girlfriend that's a roofer. If I don't use her, she'll kill me. Like, you know. But (laughs) at the same time, I know people in marketing, if you ever need help, here's my contact. Let me know. You know, so it's just like, and it's those types of things. And I kind of even was thinking like, you know, there might be a delivery component to how I speak to which isn't receivable. Cause like, you know, they're getting older and they're more in retirement. So they're slower paced and more in, like they have more time to do the things that they need to do. I'm busy. I don't have that time. I just want the information and, and it's it. But then what I don't want is I don't want that my delivery to make it seem like I don't care or to think it's too abrasive that I'm losing feeling. Like I would hope that that people would know my intent is pure. My It's love, it's joy, it's light, it's healing, it's non-confrontational, it's openness, it's acceptance. Like I don't have an issue. Like, hey, I know how you function. I can work with that. But, you know... I still need to protect my boundaries and create my boundaries for me and my family so that we're living within something that's feasible and not stressful and creating almost a toxic effect. Yeah. And so it's navigating through that's been kind of difficult because even when I've taken a step back and said, hey, I'm not received well, I'm just going to not talk. And then just saying one tiny little thing that wasn't even an opinion or a viewpoint or nothing. And then immediately it was, oh my gosh, you're being, you're going over the top. What the fuck, dude? I like literally just said, I was just making, like he was punning me, I punned him back. (laughs) Why is it okay for him to sit there and be an ass and like, and like in his own deranged way. And then I can't be funny. Like I'm a funny person. Half of the shit I say is hilarious. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't know me as funny. Okay. Well, guess what? I am. <laughs> like, everybody else sees me that way. Bye. <laughs> so, I have moments of that time where I'm just like, eh, fuck it. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just can't. But, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Oh. All right. Well, we got a window to clean now. That's all right. It wasn't clean in the first place, but... Good. We have a seven-year-old and two 70-year-olds. <laughs> we do. And a dog. <laughs> and a dog. Oh, my. Go out and embrace your experience because we've got multiple experiences we, we've got here. We've going on here. So. 